Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. Brian McClanahan Show, episode 647. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to be back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Like my Facebook page and subscribe to my YouTube page. Click on that super thanks button under the video if you want to throw a few pennies my way. If you like the video, you like the podcast. Also, go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Great way to support the show. You can buy courses there. And those courses keep this podcast free of charge. You get great content. And, of course, you keep this podcast going. Also, click on the support tab at BrianMcClanahan.com, B-R-I-O-N, McClanahan.com. Through a few pennies my way there. You can go to Learn True, T-R-U-E, LearnTrueHistory.com. It's my affiliate link for Tom Woods Little Classroom, where I teach with Tom and a lot of other great faculty members. Also, you can click on the shop tab at BrianMcClanahan.com. Get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally. Send me those show requests. I do like to hear what you want to hear. And, of course, that keeps you engaged as well. So we've got a big uphill battle. And today we're going to talk about thinking locally and acting locally. And a piece that Paul Gottfried wrote in American Greatness. Now, I've been critical of the website American Greatness. They have too many Straussians that write there. But every now and then they put something out that's pretty good. And I, I want to talk about what's, hap- what's going to happen in 2022 and how important local elections really are. So we often complain about the central authority. We know things are really bad at the center right now. We've got a tremendous unconstitutional government. We have runaway inflation, which is being fostered by unconstitutional government. You see, if we had real constitutional government, the general government would never spend and borrow like it does. And that's creating the economic mess in the United States. Inflation is being fostered by a tremendous amount of pumping, just pumping cash in the economy. I talked about this last week and how dangerous that is long-term for so many reasons, Uh, but yet it doesn't seem to matter. And Republicans and Democrats are equally complicit in this. You know, the stimulus packages started for COVID during the Trump administration. And of course, Biden doubled down on them. But the fact is, all of that happened because the general government wanted to push money into the economy because they shut everything down. So the government created the problem, which was shutting everything down. Then they thought they said, we're going to have the solution to this. We're going to send people cash and say, you know, we're, we're going to make sure you're taken care of. And then they create another problem, inflation. And of course, they have a solution for that, too. We're going to raise taxes. We're going to we're going to make sure the billionaires pay their fair share. We're going to do all these things. Of course, none of that's going to help. Right. None of it is going to help. As I talked about last week, they're not interested in cutting waste or cutting spending. That's the only way you're going to, ref- I mean, you have to get the money out of the economy. You have to take it out. We know they can't because of baseline budgeting. So there's no government solution to this. You have to decide how you're going to do this in your own local area, your own family, and your state to try to hedge against this. The general government can stop inflation 
if they jack interest rates up to a point that they were in the late 70s. And I think that's where we're headed. We're going to be seeing interest rates in the double digits again in order to make this thing stop. That's how you have to slow it down. Of course, it's going to crush the economy. It's going to make it to where you can't even, the general government can't spend any money. It's going to be a major catastrophe long term. But this is what happens with the general government and unconstitutional government. And so we've got all this disaster going on from the center. All the stuff that's happening with uh, you know, social justice and all the, I mean, the left complains about the center too, because we, they, they won't pass gun control. They won't do these things. So we have complaints coming from both sides that the center is not doing what they want it to do. On the other hand, we have a perfectly reasonable way to solve these problems. And that is federalism. But you have to decide that there are going to be places that do things that you don't like. For example, just yesterday, the state of New York, uh, passed gun control legislation that did things like banning body armor. Now, again, I don't live in New York. I think this is bad legislation, but I don't live there. If the people of New York want this legislation, it's up to them, and they can have it, right? So if you live in a state that's left-leaning and you're a leftist, that's great for you. If you live in a state when you're right-leaning and you're, and, and you're right-leaning and, and you want a right-leaning state, well, that's great for you too, if that's what the state government does. This is the beauty of federalism, and it's why people like Tench Cox said, well, here are the limited things the general government can do, and look at all the things the state government has to do. Here are the things the federal government cannot do, and these are all the things the state has to do, right? That's because states were reflective of the political culture of the people that live there. It has to reflect the political culture of the people that are there. So when we look at the upcoming 2022 election, this is going to be an interesting situation. Because we've, you're hearing about a red wave, right? Joe Biden, his popularity is in the tank. Uh, the Democrats aren't very popular either on generic ballots. And I'm going to talk about a piece that addresses this. The generic ballots are all against them. It looks like the Republicans are going to sweep into the House. They may or may not take the Senate, though I think they probably will. But what this is going to do is really nothing. Because Republicans are the party of nothing. They, the grand old party, the GOP, is a grand old stupid party. They don't do anything. They're not going to do anything once they're in power except do the stuff that they've always done, which is absolutely nothing. You know, back in 1994, they, uh, the contract with America was written, Newt Gingrich, and the Republicans are going to sweep into power during the Clinton administration. They were going to change everything. And they passed some legislation, but they figured out pretty early on that they couldn't really get what they wanted. Clinton, of course, was using triangulation, so he's taking the issues away from them. He became the welfare reform president, et cetera, et cetera. And they just gave up. They also figured out that being in Washington, D.C. is a pretty good gig. And so why would we have term limits, for example? We like being in Washington, D.C. But regardless, you do have a few good members of the Republican Party in the Congress. And, of course, the left would think they have a few good members, too. They have a few progressives in there that they really like. And then you get all the people that are in the middle that are the problem. So... The fact is, Congress is never going to do anything. And the Republican Party, their track record is not good. It's not good at all. So the issue then comes down to the states. And where are the states going to be responsive to this? Well, we know New York is a lost cause. We know California is a lost cause. We know Washington, Oregon, those states are lost causes. If you are a conservative in those states, you really do need to get out because it's never going to be reformed. At least not in the immediate term. Though there is some positive signs. You know, People, I think, are, even on the left are getting fed up with the crime, the homelessness, the vagrancy, all the things that are being created by left-wing policies in these cities. When you go to Los Angeles, you can't even 
You can't even go out, outside in the streets because you've got a, a city of homeless people there, right? 40,000 plus homeless people that are being given money by the state to be homeless. I mean, it's a ridiculous problem. Or you go and you can't take public transportation. You have drug users right in the in the uh, in the uh, hallways there. I mean, this stuff is ridiculous. You have to have a, 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 a app so you know where all the homeless people are pooping on the streets, so you don't go down there. I mean, this is this is disgusting, filthy nastiness. It's third world conditions. But I think when people get enough of that, they'll start trying to clean it up. Uh, the problem is, of course, you're going to have this institutionalized system where the attorney generals and the governments are going to be so against trying to do any cleanup that there's going to face a legal headwind to this. So, I mean, but if you like these left-wing policies, you think it's great, you can go live in these states. But then, of course, you can go live in a different state where you don't have those situations and you can perhaps live a little different life. But this is where this becomes very important. And the red wave, you have to look at it in different ways. There are going to be places where the Democrats have a firm control and even some States where it may not be so clear, like Georgia, right? Georgia should be a pretty conservative state, but um, it's moving in a different direction because of populate demographic changes, right? Population changes, immigration into the state from other states. It's changing. Same thing's happening in North Carolina. You're seeing some, some changes in some of these states. And so that's going to reflect the political culture of the state. So this piece by Paul Gottfried is titled, November red wave may fail to materialize. And he says, according to recent polling by the Democracy Institute, if a presidential election were held today, 54% of the vote would go to Donald Trump, but only 43% to Joe Biden. That outcome will put the, the Donald back into the Oval Office by a landslide that would exceed any number that Joe might have received in 2020. Now, I don't accept the official figures, given even if I'm not sure that, the Trump, that Trump actually won. From these poll numbers, I must also conclude that Trump's party would pulverize Joe's in the fall elections, outside of certain areas that vote Democratic no matter what. It is also the case that Republicans are leading Democrats in generic polls. That may be further proof that Republicans are headed for an electoral blowout. Not so fast, he says. If one looks at individual state races, the Republicans are not exactly soaring above the clouds. In my own state of Pennsylvania, the decidedly left-leaning Democratic gubernatorial candidate Josh Shapiro has a documented lead over his Republican rival, Doug Mastriano. Now again, here's the issue. Well, why? Well, because Pennsylvania is different. Pennsylvania has a large union contingency. Pennsylvania leans a little left. Pennsylvania is a center-left state. So um, this makes logical sense. Just because you have a tremendous push at the center to have a quote-unquote red wave does not mean that's going to carry into the states. Now, sometimes it does. But you see, I think Americans generally are a little more savvy about this. They realize that, and I think a lot of Americans realize, that what really happens, and this is the beauty of, of federalism, and it's something that COVID has exposed, that the governors actually have more control than the president. If nothing else, if COVID didn't do anything else, it exposed that... The president has no clothes, right? When it comes to extensive powers, the state still have powers to do things that the president and the Congress don't have. This is, this is true. And so if you want a state that's reflective of your belief systems, then you have to get out and go into vote in local elections. We're, we saw it in New York, right? We saw it just yesterday in New York, where you have this, uh, or two days ago, you have this... Um, 
legislation pass that is, uh, I mean, massively left-wing when it comes to things like you know gun rights. Um, and, and how important local elections are in my own uh, my own area, a local election was decided by one vote, one vote. Uh, so when you get out and you vote in these elections, it matters one vote. Now imagine you're not going to see that really at the quote unquote national level, but you can see it at the local level. So this is how important it is to get out and vote in these local elections. Although the mass media and their local affiliates depict Mastriano as an extremist for questioning the official results of the 2020 presidential election. He is running mostly on economic issues, e.g. championing natural gas production. Mastriano is further hurt by a checkered past marked by questionable tax reports and his one-time support for the Democratic plan for Dropbox voting. By contrast, Shapiro is benefiting from the effusive praise of major state newspapers and the cloying adulation of the national press. For the media hype, one would never know that as State Attorney General Shapiro busily covered up the electoral irregularities in Philadelphia so graphically shown in 2000 Mules. That's a film I... I probably need to review on this podcast at some point. Some people have asked me about a new History Channel documentary on Teddy Roosevelt. I've got other things I need to do. Uh, I just have to have time to sit down and actually watch these things and come up with you know my thoughts on them. For better or worse, lots of Pennsylvanians consult conventional news sources, including our network affiliates, which rarely provide balanced reporting about political contests. This media bias may affect the electoral prospects of Republican senatorial candidate Dr. Oz, who just won the nomination after a recount. Neither Republican would breeze through his senatorial race with Democratic candidate John Fetterman. That's not because Fetterman, who sounds just like Bernie Sanders but has the appearance of an unkept vagrant, is an appealing candidate. It's because Democrats in Pennsylvania quite predictably vote for their own party. Although Republicans are now almost are pulling almost even in registrations, Democrats more, vote more as a block. And this is something Gottfried is aware of. And Democrats are interested in one thing. Central power, right? They want government to do something. It's, it's their unifying theme. Right? It doesn't matter if you're a social justice warrior, uh, if you're a pro-union person, if you're a person that believes in economic redistribution, uh, if you're a person that believes in you know, what, uh, gun, right, uh, you know, gun control. It doesn't matter. They want the government to do something. So if government is doing something, that's good. Whereas the Republicans are a little more nuanced than their opposition. They might want something here, but not here. They might believe in this, or they might be you know, extreme on, on liberty issues, quote-unquote extreme, but maybe not somebody else isn't. Republicans are a little more nuanced in their intellectual differences. Whereas Democrats want power. They want the government to do something, and it's easy. It's a coalition of big government people. And as long as the government's doing big government stuff, they're good with it. And this is why Democrats vote more as a bloc, which... Uh, Gottfried points out. The same trend can be seen in the Georgia races, where Herschel Walker and Brian Kemp should be doing better than their opponents, the undistinguished Raphael Warnock and the perpetual race hustler Stacey Abrams. And let me say this. Um, well, let, let me read another sentence, then I'll get to this. Both races, however, are well within the margin of error, although as Patrick Basham of the Democracy Institute told me, Walker, who is well, a well-known black athlete from Georgia and an en engaging candidate, would have been far ahead even a decade ago. But see, this is the problem. He's not really that engaging of a candidate. What the Georgia Republican Party decided was that they had Raphael Warnock, who is a very good speaker, and he's black. And so what they needed to do was get another black guy to go against Raphael Warnock so you can take race off the table. But that's not what's going to happen. First of all, Warnock would wipe the floor with Herschel Walker in a debate. It's why the Republicans have hid Herschel Walker during the entire process. They won't let him speak. And when he does speak, he sounds stupid, 
And so Warnock, who's not, he has his own issues, but he's not stupid. And he's a very good speaker. He's going to wipe the floor with Herschel Walker. And the other problem is the race issue doesn't really matter. The Republicans haven't figured this out yet. They think, well, if we take the race issue off, it's just going to be about, it's just going to be about uh, you know, issues. But that's not it. The Democrats have a bigger bowl of candy. I talked about this than the Republicans. So, of course, the people that believe in government doing something are going to go for the bigger bowl of candy. It doesn't matter who's holding it. Race certainly could, could factor into this if you uh, have a, a black candidate and a white candidate and, you're, and some people will vote exclusively on race. But if you have two black candidates, it's still about the big bowl of candy. So uh, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Godfrey says, This change situation is due to a combination of factors. A large black vote that will go against Walker because he's not a Democrat. Exactly. College-educated white women in Georgia suburbs and tech sector employees, many of whom are from the third world, but are now settled around Atlanta. Well, this is true, right? So Walker, um, uh, I'm sorry, the college-educated white women are going to be the big issue in just about every election. That's the swing vote now in many different areas. How do you appeal to college-educated white women, which is uh, the Democrats seem to do better with that for whatever reason, but they do. Uh, Warnock and Abrams own these voting blocks and matchups against any Republicans. And of course, Stacey Abrams has a system, has a network in Georgia that is just tremendously um, important. Her network in Georgia is, um, is substantial. This is why they were able to, uh, to do what they could in Georgia, I mean, during the 2020 election, right? Um, and we can say that there are some irregularities here, that they're doing things that are eh, maybe a little bit... Um, uh, you know, not above the board. But the fact is, this stuff is legal in Georgia. They they did things that were legal, though you would say are, uh, you know, not good, right? Um, so Abrams and her sister, the judge, are able to control the state of Georgia, and the Republicans have given it to him. This is this is why you know uh, Kemp is such a problem in Georgia. The, the, the Republicans gave Democrats the keys to the elections and things that they did, and now they're trying to clamp down on them. Of course, they're called racists and other things. But there's a reason why Stacey Abrams is so popular in Georgia, because she does have a pretty strong grassroots network right? that she's cultivated and built. And they out-hustled the Republicans in the last senatorial contest when they had terrible candidates. You know, Loeffner was an awful candidate. I mean, just awful. But of course, that's what you get. In Nevada, Republican senatorial candidate Adam Laxalt should be trouncing the lackluster Democratic incumbent Catherine Cortez Masto, who's only, who only sporadically attends Senate sessions. Although the articulate Laxalt, who is the son of a famous Nevada senator, should be already tasting victory in a supposedly Republican-friendly year, particularly in a state that seems concerned about inflation, he is still behind the polls. Although he may still win the race, if he does, he'll be doing lots of heavy lifting between now and November. The reason for the disparity between Biden's dismal poll numbers and the Democrats' steady support in their own state races is the presence of an ideologically driven, very anti-Republican electorate on the left. Many of those who support the Democratic Party are indifferent to what's rattling the other side. Or if they do notice that things are going south, they blame Donald Trump, Vladimir Putin, or the now broken and bankrupt NRA. And again, they're a rally around one thing. It is... Government is good, and we need government to do something, and the Republicans are bad. They're pretty simple. The Democrats are simple, right? And of course, as you, and they have some rhetorical advantages. Democracy is great. 
you know, we want tolerance. We want, you know, we want peace. They, they say things that they really don't mean. But of course, all that stuff works in rhetorically, it works well. It's emotional, right? They, they win on emotional issues. Godfrey says, I'm expressing these thoughts without pleasure and would be delighted if I am proven wrong. Yet the Democrats don't have to worry about the internal critics who are the equivalent of the bulwark, the dispatch, the Lincoln Project, or Representative Liz Cheney. Their partisan move, partisans move in lockstep and always find reasons to support their candidates. And no matter how crazy these politicians sound, e.g. when they tell us that men get pregnant, gender-specific pronouns are Nazi, or white people, except for members of their, of their own party, are racists and terrorists. Democrats also enjoy media support, the protection of, a, of the deep state, and even the tender care of secret surveillance agencies. Why should something as trivial as Biden's tanking popularity doom the Democrats in the fall elections? And media-protected election fraud is always there as a last resort. So he's right about that. I mean, the Democrats have a lot of institutional things working their way, but not on the local level. Sometimes on the state level, but not on the local level. Now he brings up a couple of, you know, he's bringing up uh, national elections, right? Georgia, now, Stacey Abrams is a whole other issue, but Nevada, Georgia, you know, Pennsylvania. But what about the local level? Again, this is where thinking locally and acting locally is really important. Because all that stuff aside, if Herschel Walker's in the Senate, I mean, you could say, well, if we had uh, you know, the Republican in the Senate, we would have had the control of the Senate. The Republicans would have controlled the Senate, and none of these things, we wouldn't be talking about these things. But the Senate has been pretty much powerless this entire time. So it really doesn't matter. Uh, and that's because of Joe Manchin. But regardless, uh, if we had a Republican there, I mean, it, it wouldn't be that much different. Um, there wouldn't be a whole lot different going on in the central government. So what does this matter? What really matters is the state and local. This is why I say get out and get involved in those state and local elections. Think locally, act locally. Take care of your own backyard. Even if it's something like your own homeowners association, try to, try to take care of something that you can control because you have some authority and some power in it instead of worrying about uh, a Senate election that, frankly, if, unless you have a million dollars or more, they're not really going to pay attention to you. This is it. Uh, and I think that's important to understand. The national, quote-unquote, is dead. It's gone. Washington, D.C., it's gone. There's no saving it. You can't. It has to come from the bottom up, and that's the only way. That's the only way we should be thinking about the 2022 election. What is the local going to do? Because that's where you have your most power and say in what directs your everyday life. All right. I'll see you tomorrow on The Brian McClanahan Show. See you then. <laughs>